0: Corn, you know, I don't know, man, if I have seen someone and I think I said this a while back when he first came on the network was I don't know if I've seen someone with someone someone with the drive and passion to make it in the industry like I've seen with with you. And, Um, you know, that's my boy that dude 2020. I like the the, name. The the, the drive and fire and passion in some people is not quite there for this type of an industry because it's cutthroat. It's very, you know, up and down roller coaster of emotion. So I don't know if I've seen a person, though, who probably has been so appreciative of a chance that they were given. Corn, like I've said, though, ma'am, is, um, you know, again, you're one of the new guys on this network. And again, I know that you're very appreciative, though, of of, of me kind of giving you the shot here. But it- how did you get blocked by LeBron James on Twitter? don't know if I've seen so much drive and energy and passion uh from someone maybe other than me from this industry. Sean is truly a rising star in this industry. He knows his stuff. Uh, you know, he's not afraid to go at people and he's a guy that you want to go to bat for. And I'm so thankful that he's part of our network.
1: That is right, folks. Nowhere else you would get the honest Sports shakes, but that one dude, 2020 here with the MS6 Sports Network in the hometown studios of Austin, Texas, with the honor and privilege of interviewing what you call the 2017 Flex League Champ article writer, my man Steve. How are we doing today?
2: Hey, man, I'm doing good. Um, yeah, 2017, that's, that's a, a ways away from when I last won it, but it didn't seem like it was that long ago.
1: Got to ask you, man, for people that may not know what that is, maybe like myself or others, what would be like the best, honest explanation of what that is and how that came into fruition?
2: So, I was not a part of developing the league. The the league name came from, I believe, David Gonos, who's been in the industry for quite some time. And Flex League stands for Fantasy League of Experts. Um, It initially was a one. 12 team league of experts. It's grown to, well, I shouldn't say that. I believe that there may have been two or three iterations in year one where there was PPR and non PPR and stuff like that. So it's grown to where we have drafts in DC, New York, et cetera. Um, I won the PPR championship in 2017. Like you said, then a nice little, you know, little belt here to commemorate that. Um, so, but it's it's a it's a difficult league because you got writers from all over the place. They've been in the industry for quite some time. Um, Jake Sealy runs the leagues, um, does a great job. You can find him on Twitter. He's um with I believe the Fan um, Network.
1: Awesome, man! It's always like to hear like different stuff, like sports personalities and kind of how they know different things. But gotta ask you though, man. Like everybody has like their own story. I'm Steve or I'm Brian. if people that may or may not know who you are or what you're about in this industry, how would you describe yourself as a sports media personality?
2: So it's always tough to, to reflect and, and say something about yourself, right? Humility is really important <laughs> trait for people to have in my eyes. Um, I guess I would sum it up as, you know, back in 2014, I had my own blog, full impact football that I was also writing on to just help myself while I was also doing stuff for the huddle. And I decided to open it up for up and coming writers that didn't have a home. And I I tried to call it the Pay It Forward Writers Project. Um, And I recruited some people to mentor, you know, people that were trying to get into the industry and just, there were no strings attached. It was to give them a spot that they could, you know, put their articles out to try and get started. So I'd say that, you know, to sum me up I'm somebody that's all about the community. I think the fantasy community, the NFL community, is fantastic for the most part, right? Uh, we all come together whenever there's a need. Um, Chris Wessling passed away you know, earlier this year, God rest his soul. And the fantasy community, I want to say, I raised over almost two, the football community raised almost $200,000 for his wife and new child. Um, Scott Fish does some great stuff with Toys for Tots and for the industry with his Scott Fish Bowl, So I want to just give it, give back. So whenever I can help somebody, that's what I'm going to try and do, whether it's giving them the avenue to try and get started or, you know, some advice just that you exchange via DMs and stuff like that.
1: Definitely, without a doubt, man. I think I wish more people were kind of like that. Some people in the industry is like, oh, it's all about me, me, me. And then you kind of have that different perspective of, hey, I know what it's like to get started in the industry. Let me kind of, you're up and coming. Let me kind of help you out, kind of show you the ropes. If there were more people like that, I think it would be definitely a lot more uh, welcoming for sure.
2: Yeah. So, you know, we all wear multiple hats, right? I've got multiple careers. I've been in management my entire life. It seems like I've been in management since I was 16 years old. And there was a point in time where my arm used to get tired of patting myself on the back. Hey, look, I did a good job. And And then you learn as you get experience. And I realized I didn't have to say, look at me because we did a great job. Put the team out front. Look at what the team mm. did and people will realize that it's you, right? So it's even kind of like in coaching, those coaches that you want to – they want to stay up in the front in the forelight and look at what I did and look what we're doing with this team versus, hey, these guys did it, not me. Um, so I kind of take that same attitude in in the life. And if I'm trying to help somebody, it's not about me. It's what I can do to try and help others. And then hopefully people will look at me and, and see me in a favorable light. I just want to be able to give more back than what I take if I can.
1: Definitely, without a doubt, I Mamos, mean, more people had that attitude. I think a lot of people, when they come in the industry, they either look at it from the views, the likes the shares, or the money at the zeroes. I think having that right mindset is extremely important. If more people had that, Steve, I think a lot more people, we wouldn't see people quitting left and right, because people don't understand, I guess, what it really takes. So sometimes someone like you or someone else that kind of takes them under their wing, kind of show you the roads, is exceptionally important, because people don't realize, Steve, regardless if like, you have the right mindset, this sports industry, articles, videos, it may it's a lot of fun, but it's a lot
2: more work than I think
1: people truly and uh, genuinely realize.
2: Yeah, it's definitely a lot of work. I mean, there's a lot of nights where I'd be writing till 2 a.m., you know? But you do what you got to do. You want to make deadlines. But, it's look, it's easier to do it if you have a love for it. But what I think people get caught up in is I call it the Howard Stern effect. Everybody tries to be Howard Stern, Right. Stern made a really nice career being controversial. You don't have to be controversial. You don't have to be contrarian. You've got to be honest, right? Be honest to yourself. Be honest to the people that you want to talk to. So don't try to give them content. Put out there things that you would want to read, things that mm-hmm. you're interested in. Um, don't, you know, I know you're going to talk about this later probably, but my zero quarterback theorem article, I didn't write that because I knew I wanted to write it. I wanted to research what I thought was something that would give me an edge in fantasy. And then I researched it and said, this is interesting. I wish I could read this. So let me write it. So I, I wrote an article about it, hoping that people would, you know, take to it the way I did and understand, you know, you do a little work for somebody else and you help them out.
1: Definitely without a doubt, man. I think people, like you said, like you're writing through 2am because you love it, Steve. But well, I feel like a lot of people nowadays finally don't, we like, we talk about, oh my gosh, we're talking to these people. I get to talk to cool mm-hmm. guys like you and other people like, wow, look what he's doing. Look what Steve's doing. But mind you, like I said, you're writing till 2 a.m., like yourself and myself. Yeah. We, we Too hypothetical. This is not to oh, pat yourself on the back. This is what it takes. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of late nights articles and reaching out to people. There were probably people when you first started, and I was like, yeah, Steve, maybe that could be a little bit of a long shot. But you're like, you know what? I don't care what you think. I'm going to do what I love despite Pretty much what anybody would ever say, either in DMs or to my face.
2: Yeah, it, it really, you should not be looking for affirmation from people, right? Um, it's you do what you want to do, right? Especially if you have the ability to do it. Like there, there are some people that work for different places, they tell them what they have to write about, um, and, and that's fine. But for the most part, you write for yourself, and, and that'll take care of it. Because again, if it's fantasy you're writing about, or if it's the NFL you're writing about, more than likely you love it. So it's, it's something that you're going to have some passion with it, and that should come through in your writing. Um, and I would say this. If you're somebody that's up and coming, don't worry so much about the technical aspect. I remember when I was offered my job, um, David Dory reached out to me for the huddle. Hey, I understand that you got a pretty good handle on the IDP stuff, and we'd like to add a writer. Can you do it? And my answer was, I don't know anything about writing. No. What, what do you mean? He's like, don't worry about it. That'll come. And you just you learn those things. Um, about six years ago, he also sent me an email and said, hey, we've got a radio spot that somebody wants to, wants us to do, and I can't do it. Would you like to do it? And I'm like, I don't know anything about radio. No, I don't want to do it. Okay, I'll do it because I'm a team player. Well, I wound up being on the radio with um, a Tampa station, um, Steve Dumick. He passed away a year or so ago. Uh, but I was on the radio with them for six years in Tampa every Friday, and you know, I gained a following. And it was fun to do, even though there was a lot of work that went into it. So just because you don't have experience, guess what? That's how you get experience. You you just start and you just do it. You're going to make mistakes. Don't let the mistakes define you. Learn from them. And then above all else, don't be an ass. You know, be kind, be good, Mm -hmm. treat people the way you would want to be treated, the way you'd want your mom to be treated. If you don't like your mom, then don't treat people that way. I don't know, but just just be a good person and, and it'll come back to you.
1: Definitely, without a doubt, man. Now I'll come back, I think, to the word humble. Having you getting you know, to talk to people, me talking to certain people, it could be, oh, look at me. But it's like, no, man. Well, look, look at the beginning when you had nobody following your article or people, very few people following your articles, had no place. Doing this for almost two years. Like, I'm not saying this and to, like, oh, look at myself pat on the back. I'm saying this, I guess, to Steve, people that follow Steve or somebody else, is that it takes a lot of work. So if you all yeah. see, like, the background here, that's, that's what it takes this is not me oh look what i did it's either recording in a hot car right before covid started genius idea with a bunch of pieces of paper and a bunch of pieces of tape that's just an extreme example of kind of what it takes to get in the sports industry you're gonna get rejected i think more people see how this notion like you have one or two podcasts oh i'm the, the next colin coward but just like you said be yourself you're not here to be somebody yeah. else and i think that's where it's kind of gotten me to this day is it's i keep going back to the word humble because i remember the beginnings you remember the beginnings of people rejections hundreds of rejections but the five of let's say five of 200 people at re, respond my right for an interview those are the best five interviews and i think they're the right motives i think friendships you got to be honest like why are you interviewing this person so if i'm going to interview you guys like i interviewed like rob parker oh hey bro two years later can i get an internship that's not what i'm gonna do because right. i know my work or speak for itself. Your work has clearly speaks for itself over the years, and you've developed a very good following on social media.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah, but, you uh, get that following. I'm sorry, I was going to say, and, and you learn as you go, right? I, I remember when I started the Pay It Forward Writers project, I didn't have that many followers. That's probably what didn't let it blow up the way it would have if I did it today, quite honestly. But you engage with your, your followers, you engage with other people, and being respectful, that's how you're going to wind up gaining followers.
1: Definitely without a doubt, man. I think some people have what you call a burnout. But speaking of like we talked about your article that you wrote, you wrote about an article about quarterback value in fantasy football. We know that quarterbacks, it's a fantasy-driven league, and it's a quarterback-friendly league. What really motivated you to
2: write this article or maybe just kind of explain fantasy football to people? So for the most part, my fantasy experience, or I should say where I – where I delve, the area I, I dip my toe in is IDP dynasty and 16 leagues. That's basically all I did for years. And I would occasionally do the expert leagues that were 12 and, you know, best ball type stuff. But when I do fantasy at 16 team full IDP and I remember there was a year where I wanted to draft Carson Palmer in like the 15th round or something like that as my first quarterback, Right, I just was like, I loved everybody. But I'm like, I'm not, I'm not drafting a quarterback early. No research had been done at this point, and it was the year that he wound up finishing as quarterback one. He would have been like the thirteenth quarterback taken in that draft. Somebody drafted him two picks in front of me, and I was like, ugh. I wound up going with Jake DeLome and somebody else, and and that season I, I won that league, and it just it made me think about it a little bit, and I started looking, and it was a few years later that I I really decided that. After you know, seeing how things played out in my other leagues, I'm going to do some research. And I wound up looking at over, I think, 2,000 fantasy games. And then just to make sure that it wasn't impacted by the one league type, I, I, it broke down the three different types of leagues. One was a regular Joe league, not experts. The other ones were expert leagues, um, PPR, non-PPR, stuff like that. And, and you, it's all in the article, so you can see it. And I was kind of shocked, but not shocked. I was shocked in that the data was just so overwhelming to meet what I thought about quarterback value, and it's it's easier for people to get blinded by total points, right? And, and of course, we're talking about start one quarterback leagues, but I even employ the strategy in my um, start two or you know super flex leagues. But it's not about points; it's about the differential and the points that the number one quarterback scores versus the fifteenth, the eighteenth quarterback. You look at it and you go, I won without my quarterback. I won despite having a quarterback. In most matchups, you could you could subtract out your quarterback points and you still won the majority of your matchups. So that's when I said, you know what? There's so much more attrition at running back and wide receiver and tight end. Focus on those because you're going to need more more lottery tickets, basically, right? And quarterbacks, they're a dime a dozen after you get through the top few and, and the, really just doesn't make that much of a difference.
1: Definitely, man, I've had some bad luck with quarterbacks in fantasy football over the years, and um, it's really hard, though, because if you're not, for me, I'm terrible. I probably had Carson West, I think, in 2018 or 2019, and other guys like uh, with a certain other NFC team that tends to have some bad luck. You know who they are in the Dallas Cowboys, but I'm excited for fantasy this year, but I think people belong on the hype, it's like, some guys like, oh, like Lamar Jackson, oh, th- those are good guys for fantasy. But the problem is with guys like him, I think, is that he'll have some good weeks. And then, you know, this is the NFL, Steve. People are going to figure mm-hmm. you out. But uh, I'm happy I just didn't get an eighth place this year. So hopefully next year I can get into first place in uh, yeah. fantasy football and not embarrass myself. But um got to ask you, though, if you've been in this for a while. You talk about being humble and remembering the beginnings. If somebody out there that wants to be in the sports media industry, if you had like a piece of advice to give to this person that's interested in working in the sports media world, what would that be?
2: Don't do it for the money. I mean, that's the first and foremost. But now there that's thats also part of the problem with why there are a lot of sites that don't pay is because people are willing to do it for free because they love it, Right. But if you're going to get into it, get into it because you have a passion for it. Right. Not because you want to just try and get get rich and be the next Colin Coward or anything like that. Um, And then what I'll say is just be tenacious. Right. Be willing to dig and and make the calls and the emails. If you're trying to have like host a podcast and you want to get somebody on, don't be afraid to ask. Um, You never make a shot that you don't shoot. So. Uh, I'll tell you, as an example, when we first started our podcast, I wanted to have Tony Dungy on my show or I wanted to have Herm Edwards or something like that. And I had no idea how to do it, but guess what? I just started looking and making contacts. And I actually had both of those guys on our podcast when we first started. Um, and that wouldn't have happened if I just would have been, oh, I'm interested, right? You got to be committed to trying to do what you can to make yourself successful, but then also be true to yourself. And like I said, you've got to be, you know, be a caring individual, show that you've got compassion and and sympathy and empathy for other people, um, but just be true to yourself and do it so that you can say from afar, when you look at what you've done, that you're proud of it, right? Don't be an ass. I said that earlier. Um, there are people that do try and, and they've made a name for themselves by being that, you know, Howard Stern type, you know, personality. For me, that's not me. I'd rather my work stand on its own instead of being all about personality
1: definitely without a doubt man i'm i'm not gonna be it's being humble like i always tell you, don't be afraid to shoot your shot and it's like we think and this is the problem that some people have because they're afraid like they look at these people like idols but it's like just like you're going back to the beginning of the state these are people just like us they have emotions they have feelings and they go through so people go through divorce just because like they're this uh, radio personality or they're this football player or sports player it doesn't mean that they aren't you know, a normal human being like there's a lot of people I shoot my shot to and your yeah, folks I'll be honest most of them said no but that's the beauty yeah. part the nose don't piss, they don't piss me off anymore they really don't I used to be like and eh, you move on there was one I was so close to getting it's like okay you move on that's where it kind of keeps you humble and ones like cars i had to honor and propose to talk to carson and many other people because i wasn't afraid to shoot my shot i think if you really want to talk like you're talking about those people you talk to that's that's awesome it's like you don't know have an approach when you email them that they're going to say yes but if they say no you move on because yeah. if you have five out of 200 those five interviews, I think, are going to be the best ones you have, and uh, I just wish more people would wouldn't be afraid to shoot their shot because who, I mean, who knows at this point who you could really have on an interview. I didn't know like people like yourself and others. I didn't know if you are going to respond, but if you didn't, that's okay. And it's so awesome we can have an interview and kind of talk behind the scenes. Yeah. But I think that's where a lot of people shooting a shot. I think is the biggest thing in this industry.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it just it really is. So it's like I say this all the time. I, in my management and, and sales background, look, you can't get a yes if you don't ask, right? And mm-hmm. as an example, in sales, if you are successful three out of 10 times, that means you failed 70% of the time, right? And a lot mm-hmm. of people would be down on their self. In baseball, if you are successful three out of 10 times, you're a Hall of Famer. At the plate, right? That's a 300 batting average. So you just have to try and put a different spin on how you look at it and not let certain things get you down. And you can't dwell on it. Yeah, you can try to learn from it, but don't dwell on it. You know, learn from anything that's become a challenge and and find a way to get past it for the next one. Um, I'll tell you one of my biggest disappointments, but I didn't let it define me. Um, I actually had gotten to Wade Phillips. Wade Phillips was going to be on our show. And then guess what happened? He Mm. got hired. He got hired to be a coach again, and then it fell through because of that. But, oh, well, you know what? Someday I'll, I'll talk to Wade again, hopefully, and we'll get him on the show. Um, but I could have sat there and, you know, oh, and what was me, and we didn't do this. And No, you just move on, and, and you do what you can. And like I said, you put out content that you're proud of, you'll be okay. Things will take care of itself.
1: Without a and I can't tell you enough. There was one person – that it was so close to getting there. Our starting player for the Cleveland Browns. And I was like, I was so close. That close. and But I was like, you know what? You can't really get mad. There's so many people that have reached out to. Like, yeah. Nah. No. Even guys like potentially like other ones that I won't say just in case that we get in the future. But you really don't know. And I think that's the issue here is like people are afraid to reach out. Steven, I don't understand that. And it's like why are people afraid of rejection? that's yeah, people industry. don't like rejection.
2: Yeah, people don't like rejection, but you're going to get a lot of rejection in life. So, the the ones that succeed are the ones that take. Look, just the more shots you take, the better chance you got of something going in. Definitely, without a doubt, man. But speaking of shots that teams don't take,
1: the Jacksonville Jaguars draft Trevor Lawrence. This wouldn't be a surprise. Right after he got drafted, they somehow had a jersey already with his name on it. That shouldn't be a shocker, but. See, we've seen this repetition. Like you've worked either been around kids where they do the same thing over and over, expecting a different result. Uh yes. That's one and of my the, favorite things. Definition the Jag- of insanity. That's the Jaguars ownership here. As much as I love Trevor Lawrence and what he did in college, this is the Jaguars organization. See, you remember sexy well, they were 10 minutes away from beating Tom Brady to go to the Super Bowl in that offseason. It it implodes. But my question to you is. If Trevor Lawrence fails, would it be his fault or is the organization
2: going to get in the way of this potential success with the new head coach at Urban Meyer? So you've got Urban Meyer there. We have to see how he transitions to the NFL, right? So there's a bunch of variables that you just don't know how they're going to play out. Everybody thought Chip Kelly was the second coming, right? Chip Kelly was a complete and utter failure, basically, at the NFL level. Um, and then you've got other college guys that have come in. They've done well and, and vice versa. So you know what? at the quarterback position, talent matters, but coaching matters just as much. And I think that gets overlooked and that's why your good teams remain good. That's why Cleveland struggled for so long for so many years, right? The culture wasn't the way that it needed to be. The coaching staff had turnover in it. Um, and I say that my wife's a Cleveland Browns fan. So she, I understand the, the the despair that's there. And that's why you hear teams talk about wanting to change the culture and stuff like that. And, and it's true. I mean, it's just easier to thrive and learn in something like that. So you know, no one's ever a given. I don't care who it is. I mean, we go back. Look, Jamarcus Russell was supposed to be great, right? Didn't happen. Ryan Leaf was supposed to be great. Didn't happen. was it wasn't because the talent wasn't there. What what was the reason? Was it something inside? Did it just not click at the next level? Was it the coaching aspect? I don't know that answer. I'll say this. Lawrence has all the tools. It's a fresh start in Jacksonville. There is nowhere to go but up. I, I doubt. I mean, they were 1-15 last year, right? So I guess they could go down. But there is nowhere to go but up. Um, And the other thing to think about is look, we forget these these guys, we call them guys, but they are kids in a sense. They're very young adults that don't have a lot of worldly experience. They get thrown all this money, all this pressure, and they've got to carry it on their shoulders. And that I think is a huge part of what makes and breaks a lot of players. Um, He seems to seem to have a good family construct around him, newly married that hopefully will help to keep him settled a little bit so he's not out, you know, partying and, and not studying the, the playbook like he should be and doing the things that he needs to do. Um, but only time will tell. Um, I don't like to prognosticate on what I think because there are a lot more misses than hits in the NFL. NFL, not for long, you know, average career is what, 3.6 years or something like that. People tend to forget that because they look at the Aaron Rodgers and the Tom Bradys and, and the guys that had and the Frank Gores that have really long careers. That's not normal. Larry Fitzgerald's, etc. So, We'll see. I think that he'll be okay. I don't know if he's going to be a savior, um, but the coaching staff is going to have to be a major part of that, and it's not just for the quarterback. It's for everything else and getting all the parts to work together. It's the greatest team sport in all of pro sports, but we always boil it down to just a quarterback, but it truly is a team sport. Um, So we'll see. Definitely without a doubt, man. There's definitely a lot more pressure.
1: Nowadays, because you talk about going back to the Aaron Rodgers, he was he was sitting behind Brett right far from the years. Quarterbacks nowadays get it, are getting yeah. better, faster, and I think Jaguars here is just you have an owner. If he really had the option, they would play all their games in lunch He I don't he, I've never seen him in a press conference. I understand they got Marvin Jones, you got your second year running back undrafted in twenty twenty James Robinson, but again you dress in pieces on defense it's like the Jaguars. It got so bad six years ago, the NFLPA was warning against players to sign with them in free agency. Of course, because of Tom Coughlin now gone. I believe in Trevor Lawrence, but based on the track record of the Jaguars with other quarterbacks and players they've had, I'm a little bit hesitant just because who they select because again you can have the greatest players like you know on offense, defense, special teams, and maybe Aaron Myers can coach again because health issues but it all falls back on the organization. How is the organization handling success? You talk about being humble in the beginning of the sports industry. The Jaguars were not humble in 2017, but now they're going to have to be humble this year. If they don't address that offensive line, like, oh, you can't stay healthy. I'm not too sure. I'm fine on him, but who really knows? Because it's the, Well, it's the Jaguars.
2: Well, you know what? The year Baker Mayfield got drafted, you probably heard a lot of people saying exactly what you just said about Trevor Lawrence and, and the Jaguars. Um, but there was nothing that was guaranteed. It looks like it's going in the right direction for the Browns. And who knows? The same thing could happen. And you can go worse the first pretty quickly in the NFL, just as you can go from first to worst quickly. Um, windows shut quickly, but you can also open them because, like I said, it's a big team sport. A lot of different breaks happen. It's really a small inches game. Um, actually, it's one of the things I remember that Tony Dungy said on our show was, And this was back when the Jaguars were bad again. He said the difference between the Jaguars and the Patriots was not as big as what people realize. It really comes down to those small things the coaching, the breaks in the game, and things like that.
1: But definitely without a doubt. But again, folks, before we go into detail on every single show, let's go to this morning's final thoughts. Ryan, Steve, yet again, it's always much appreciated when people take time out of their busy schedule. Do you have any final like, shout-outs or final thoughts or things that you're working on currently?
2: Uh, no, all I'll say is, you know what, we'll keep our fingers crossed for this year's Flex League. Last year we had it virtual. It'll um, we'll probably wind up being virtual again this year, but maybe I can get a repeat in there at some point. And um, Follow me on Twitter, at NFL and wish me luck over the next two weeks because I've got about seven yards of gravel that I have to shovel for a project I'm working on at my house.
1: Definitely without that man, good luck with that. But again, folks, that one dude 2020 here, it's always honor and pleasure for anybody that wants to work in the sports industry. Always be humble. And if somebody says, Cool interview, glad you're following your dreams, Center. That's really what it's all about here. But that one dude 2020, right on the MI6 sports network. I'll see y'all later, Steve. Thank you so much for coming on, my man. At the same time,
2: no problem. Take care, have a good season.
0: Corn, you know, I don't know, man. If I have seen someone, and I think I said this a while back when he first came on the network, was I don't know if I've seen someone with someone, someone with the drive and passion to make it in the industry like I've seen with with you. And um, you know, that's my boy, that dude, twenty twenty. I like the, the, name. The, the name. The drive and fire and passion in some people it's not quite there for this type of an industry because it's cutthroat. It's very, you know, up and down roller coaster of emotion. <laughs> So I don't know if I've seen a person, though, who probably has been so appreciative of a chance that they were given. Corn, like I've said, though, ma'am, is, um, you know, again, you're one of the new guys on this network. And again, I know that you're very appreciative, though, of of me kind of giving you the shot here. But it- how did you get blocked by LeBron James on Twitter? don't know if I've seen so much drive and energy and passion uh from someone maybe other than me from this industry. Sean is truly a rising star in this industry. He knows his stuff. Uh, You know, he's not afraid to go at people and he's a guy that you want to go to bat for. And I'm so thankful that he's part of our network.